All right, we started a new series last week, but at this point we call on the mind of Christ. This is part two. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 20. Ephesians 4, verse 20. Just a reminder, all the scriptures that we use, of course we put them up on the screen, but they're also on the website. You know, when, when you go to our website and you look, uh, if you click on a message and uh, go to the message page, you can look at it on video or you can listen to audio. Also, there's a, a little um, section there that says download. You can download the scriptures and PDF format or a Microsoft Word format, you know, you can cut and paste it real easy from those things, but if you'd like to just have something to, something really spoke to you and you just want to have, you know, a sheet to go over, they're right there for you to download, look at on your phone, whatever works, but that's available for every sermon. Ephesians 4 verse 20 says, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness." Verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In the NIV, verse 23 says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. In the Living Bible, it says, now your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. So this is talking about how you think. New King James says, be renewed in the the spirit of your mind, and it says, be new, made new in the attitude of your mind. Here it says, your attitudes and thoughts should be changing. Let's look at 1 Peter 1. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. The same mind as what? As Jesus. Well, if you're arming yourself with something, that means you didn't have it, you know? You're putting it on, you're, you're, you're picking it up, you're changing something. In the NIV, verse uh, 1 there, 1 Peter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in His body, arm yourself also with the same attitude. Arm yourself with the same attitude. In the CEB... It says, therefore, since Christ suffered as a human, you should also arm yourselves with His way of thinking. Now, in context, this will be talking about something specific, that Christ laid down His life, etc. Um, but this is generally true. We'll see that. I mean, how, how the Lord thinks is how we want to think. And here it's saying, you have to arm yourself, you have to do something. Arm yourself with that way of thinking. Put it on. And Ephesians says, renew your way of thinking. Change your thoughts. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. It says, these things 
we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Verse 16, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So we have it, it's available, but as these other verses say, we have to renew our minds to that. You know, spiritually speaking, we have, we've been made new. And God, through Jesus, has provided so much for us, but your mind has been, in mind, has been programmed a certain way throughout our life. Some parts good, maybe. Some parts not so good. Nobody's 100%. Nobody has 100% perfect doctrine. Nobody. We don't, we don't see completely clearly. We're all coming up. That's not, that's not a bad statement. You don't, you don't know exactly like God knows. We're coming up. We believe the Word. We trust the Word. But, you know, we're growing. You should be growing. You should be saying, oh, uh. Yeah, I see that more clearly. You know, you ever read a verse? You could have read it a hundred times. And you see something that you've never really seen in the Bible, and you know you've read that passage of Scripture. I'm not even talking about a truth that goes with the verse. I'm talking about you really read the verse, and you're like, gosh, I, those words, I don't remember actually reading those. You know you've read them. You're looking at the same Bible that you have highlight above and highlight below, and it's just like you didn't see that. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, wow, that, that's there. Well, if you didn't know that was there, then you wouldn't be able to understand exactly what it means. We're not saying everybody has false doctrine. You just say, your doctrine is incomplete. That means you don't understand everything perfectly. I don't understand everything perfectly. We're all coming up. We can understand what we see. God understand, knows exactly what you see and what I see. That's why you should never judge somebody by what you think they know. Well, I, I see that clearly. I, they shouldn't do such and such. You don't know what they see and what they know and what they're accountable for. That doesn't mean you excuse sin. It just means we're all coming up and understanding. Well, God knows. He sees perfectly. <laughs> he knows everything. But He can see what you know. He can see what your spouse knows. He can see what your family knows. He can see what you know, anybody you name. He knows exactly what they see and what they don't see. Just because Jesus has died for us and He's given us all things doesn't mean you're partake, partaking of everything. Doesn't mean you see everything. And and what we we can have have uh, have all this given to us, but our thinking, how we perceive a situation, limits what we'll partake of. And it limits how we behave in any situation, because. How, when, you, when you're taking in information, you come up against a situation, you're taking in the situation, you're processing it based on your perception of reality and based on what you understand in all areas. What you understand, you know, of the reality of the world, what you understand from God's Word. When I say reality of the world, I'm talking about physical realities. 
you know, you could be looking at a screen, and the screen, especially if it's a big screen, you know, let's say it's trying to be immersive, you know, is telling you, you never see one of these games, it's like they, they, they have a huge screen, games like, you know, at a place where they have a bunch of video games or something, have a huge screen and then they have something you sit in and, and what is going on, it's trying to simulate like a roller coaster or something so that the, this, where you sit can move and, and make, can move around. And so then what you're looking at is like you're going up a roller coaster, you're going over, everybody, you know what I'm talking about when you get to the top and you start to, you start to peek over and you can see the horizon and then it starts going down and then... <laughs> well, if you're looking at a screen and something's like tipping you up and then tipping down, you're not on that roller coaster. But you could feel like you're on the roller coaster. Everybody, you may be just watching a movie and somebody in the, the characters going and they're just like, they show the expanse they're feeling and your stomach drops. You're not there. And your mind could be like, we're, we're seated on the couch. We're not moving. But your stomach is on the floor. You know, it's already, it, it outpaced. It's reacting. It's somehow... It's reacting to what you perceive as reality, even though part of your brain's going, we're not there. Well, that's how it is with everything. Do you realize, actually, there's situations that you bump up against that your stomach's dropping when there's no danger? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about now roller coasters or anything. I'm talking about something happens financially and your stomach's dropping, or you know, could, and actually, if you knew what God had for you and knew what the reality is, there's no danger. There's, you're not in trouble, but your mind can, if it's just processing natural, is, could panic. Could say, we're done. Ah! <laughs> but really, if you looked at it the way God sees it, knows what, no way he knows, know what the, the word says, you could say, we're fine. We're fine, because God's Word says He's going to supply our needs. God's Word says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and He adds no sorrow to it. The, 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 uh, God's Word says, you know, bring all the tithes in, into the storehouse. Test me now in this. See, if I won't pour out a blessing on you that you can't receive. You, you could be walking, and you start countering. See, you're thinking. If, if the thinking just runs rampant and says, oh my goodness, there's nothing we can... Well, that's a way of thinking. You're looking purely natural, realize there's nothing, you think there's nothing you can do, there's nothing to counter that thinking. That'd be like you sitting with a child, I mean, not recommend you do this, but let's say they're looking at the same roller coaster thing that's meant for adults, and they're freaking out. They're like, oh, we're good. No, no, and you're telling them, no, no, it's, it's not real. It's not, that's right, it's not real. But, but for them, they're going, ah! What, what do you know that they don't? You, you have a perspective. You, you have a, a thinking. You know, maybe the first three times you did go on that, you freaked out. Now you're, you, you've got yourself together. Now you think you can bring your child with you or something. Your teenager, whatever. Somebody that could do it. What, how we think just informs how we're going to react in life. So what... These, these verses are saying, we have the mind of Christ, but there's something we need to do. We need to put on the new man. 
We need to renew our mind. We need to change our mind, change our thoughts, change them to what? Because you can change your thoughts in a lot of different ways. There is so much noise in the world. I mean, there has been always some noise, but there's so much noise coming from so many different sources, so much clutter, to where literally people right now, they are. There's people that they're, what, what seemed secure is no longer secure. Even people that trusted God, it's no longer, they're questioning God. They're questioning truth. There's been so many things upended. And people, what they thought was secure and stable, what they thought was a certain way, been revealed to be, no, it's not that way. And that can creep into where God, where it, it, they're looking for something to put some weight on, you know? What, what is stable? They're going like this. And people offer solutions. Over time, you know, like, well, the philosophies, ways of approaching life, you know, things to do, to, to try to cope. Well, what are those based on? You can change your thoughts to something else. Now you start seeing it through a different lens. Is that the right lens? What are you going, if you're going to change your thoughts, what do you change them to? Just something, you know, do a quick... Search on the internet with your problem and whatever comes up, you know, you start taking that person's information and start thinking that way and immerse yourself with that way of thought. Where's that going to lead? You may now see things different, but how? What are you looking at? How, what's the lens? What is that lens you're looking at the things through? You know, we talked about it several weeks ago about uh, truth. That's related to what we're talking about now, you know. People are looking for truth. When we're talking about our thoughts, this is critical because what you see is determined by what you think about that situation, which is the lens that you're seeing things through. And the question you need to ask is, is that a true representation? If it's not based on the Word of God, and, and the reality, the spiritual reality in the universe, then it is going to be skewed, which means your behavior will be skewed, which means how you walk is going to be in the wrong direction. It's going to be have holes in it. So you can't just replace your thinking with anything. You can't just say, I need help. Google, Google, Google. Okay, this guy seems like he has no, he knows it, you know, knows what's going on. I'm going to listen to, this has got to be better than where I am. Look at him. He's got this many followers, and it looks like he's made this much. Don't go by any of that. That can all be just a mirage. <laughs> all fake to get you to buy the product or get you to subscribe or whatever. Well, surely, I mean, where I am, this person... They, 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 they made more money than I am, so I'm going to listen to them. Be careful, maybe they haven't made any money. Maybe they're making money by you giving them money. That's the way they're making their money. 
by telling you they made money. They didn't make any money, except now they're making money because people want to see how they made their money, which they didn't make. But now that people are giving them money, they're making money. It's a whole lot of that. You don't find out till later. The whole lot of, you know, it has nothing to do with money. It's just people's ideas and people sharing ideas all over the place. Well, you can go down another rabbit hole and just, oh, these people seem like they know what they're talking about, so I'm all in. I'm going to listen to everything, and I'm going to talk with them, and we're going to just share. Okay, what are, you, what are you changing your mind with? What are you renewing it with? We're going somewhere else. Is it men's ideas, though? Is it men's philosophies? Is it men's theories? Because if you reprogram your mind with that, renew your mind, change your thinking to that, you just have a different set of problems. Yeah, you might see some things different. Yes, things might go well, but what's the gap? There's so much knowledge that or what is called knowledge, information, in the earth, and you're, we're all taking some of it in every day, you know? You, you, and anything somebody says, anything, an opinion, that's all knowledge that's forming, can form, how then we perceive reality. And we have to be careful. When something comes in, what are we doing with it? Are we just lodging it, going, okay, that's true. Something says, somebody says something, okay, I'll take that as true. I read something, okay, true. Now I'm basing how I act on all that stuff when it can all just be a mush of <laughs> not true. So we, we have to have something that's number one. Where do we slot that stuff? How do we determine what's true or not? And how do we determine what becomes part of the way we perceive? And the things that are already in our mind, how do we determine how, what to replace? And what's wrong and what's right? Because you only have so much time in which to do that. And I only have so much time. That can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. What do I look at? What do I program my mind with? I mean, what do I, what, what I need to change? There's so much. Who's right? On whatever. But think about this. If you could cut through... All the noise, that's not right. Everything that's being said in the world, it's just, there's so much, so many voices. If you could focus on what is actually the mind of God, what is actually true in every situation, what is lasting, what is relevant, then you could save so much time, so much energy and action. You would be at so much more peace, and you could live so much more effectively. In other words, if you're walking through, and there's all this stuff going on, and when you perceive something you could know what is the truth in the situation, how is the right way to look at it, what is going to be relevant down the road, what is irrelevant. You could just, this, this massive amount of stuff coming your way, and it just boiled down to, this is the only thing that matters, and you just, all that other stuff goes away. Instead of 
creating effort over here and effort over there and reaction and emotion and oh my gosh, what are we going to do and all that. You realize all the stuff that doesn't matter, the stuff that does matter. Do you know how much time you could save like that? Think about in a a week, how much historically, I'm talking about just naturally, not confessing anything over it, but you know, just talking about naturally, how much time we, a person can spend on something that really has no bearing on their future. It was a fire drill. You know what? How many fire drills, <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand or, or hold up a number, you probably don't have that many fingers anyway. How many fire drills have you been a part of in your life? I'm talking about go and run and do something and it didn't matter because there actually wasn't any emergency. But your emotions got involved. You maybe, you know, you start to talk to somebody else about it. You're getting ramped up about it. You're making, you're make, well, do we, we need to do this? We need to do that. You're calling people, whatever, and then boom, it's over, and you're like, well, that was a waste. I really wish I could get that time back. Imagine if you looked at the world and you realized, no, no, no. Yeah, that'll go, everybody's going to get excited about that, and we'll go to nothing, not even wasting a second on that. That All right, this is important. I'm going to spend three hours this Tuesday on that, and all the 37 hours I would have been spent on other stuff, I'm just going to, you could do whatever and still be in the same place. At the end of the week, you could still be in the same place. I'm not saying you don't work. I'm saying if you literally look at all the stuff that that happens that is actually, at the end of the day, meaningless or you're processing or you're worrying about it, you can spend 20 hours worrying about something that did nothing. Nothing to help anything. What if you just didn't do that, spent more time, I'm I'm not talking about, now just hear me out, I'm not saying we sit there and do nothing else, but I'm saying if you could know what is the real part of it that needs to be done, You could literally just do that three or five hours or whatever in that case. That's assuming most of your time is wasted on something else. Not do the other and literally get the same results by the end of the week as you did with all that running around and worrying and phone calls and emails and texts. And boy, you waste a lot of time. I mean, what if the more we actually perceive then the way... The Lord perceives, and we, had, we walked with the mind of Christ, see situations for what they are, cut through all the nonsense in personal deals. You, know, you ever been in a company where there's so much drama in a certain situation, if you just cut through the heart of it, you cut it off, it's done. It, it takes five weeks to get to the place where something is taken care of, when actually it could have taken five minutes, and it's over. What if we sought to perceive things so that our time was not wasted on those things, and we just walked with the time we had in reality. We, we, we'd address the things that needed to be addressed. Do you realize how much more calm? I don't claim to have arrived. I'm, I'm saying what the Word of God says and what, what we're talking about, the way we can act according to God's Word how much more effective we could be. And when somebody you know, is looking at you going, well, why aren't you getting all excited? Because it's not going to make any difference. Well, you need to be running around doing something. Doing what? Running around with my head chopped off for 15 hours like you are, and then you're going to be exhausted and have no results? And I'm, you're sitting there. People get mad at you because you're not moving. Well, where are you moving? What are you doing? 
Well, you're supposed to be concerned. Why? Because this is a big deal. It says you. What if it's not a big deal? Then you're wasting your time. And you're wasting your emotion. You know, your body can only take so much. If it's constantly under stress, it's going to break down. It's not meant to be under stress all the time. You're not meant to go 100 miles an hour continuously. You, you, yeah, you can buck up and go, hey, we need to get her done. Now, for this time, that is not supposed to be steady state. You get it done? All right, we took care of that. Maybe there's something that needs to be done. Your, your body's built for that. Now it needs to recoup. Now it needs to go back and, and get to level. You, but you can get addicted to where you just, you just punching it all the time. Your body is not meant to that. Then health problems happen. What if you just backed off and we realize, wait, that doesn't have to happen. That doesn't have to ha Oh, they say it's due now, but actually I know, you know, I've, I've seen experience. It'll be okay if it's done two days from now. I'm not saying you just don't meet commitments. I'm saying, what are you committing to in the first place? Is it really necessary? How are we going to know what is and what is not? And how are we going to see correctly? It's going to be by understanding what God has said in the way He sees every situation more. The more we see like He sees, the more so many opportunities to do what the world does is just going to pass us by. Instead of acting like the world, instead of getting freaked out like the world, Instead of acting like God's word's not true, we start acting like God's word is true because we understand, wait a minute, this looks like this, but that's not important. It's actually here, and we just sidestep it. And then we're in a better place. And you're actually rested. And you're actually at peace. You're not, and you actually get the right stuff done because you didn't spend all the, stuff on, all the time on the wrong stuff. Very practical, but it's, I mean, it's a practical application, but it starts with doing something that doesn't necessarily look like you're doing th something. You know, people want to grab something and just, I want to act. And sometimes the things that'll save you the most time don't look like they're actually getting something done immediately. It's easier to stay busy than it is to do the will of God. It's easier to do something rather than the right thing. Look at Romans 12, verse 1. We have the mind of Christ. We can renew our minds to God's word. Happening right now. Right now, we're renewing our minds. We're, we're taking thoughts in that are based on the word of God, and we can replace thoughts that aren't based on the word of God. And then when certain situations happen, we start acting on those new thoughts, get different results. Happening right now. 
We're reprogramming our minds right now, renewing our minds, changing our thoughts, changing our attitudes right now. If we'll, if we'll listen to the Word, to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God, God's helping us to change and He will continue to help us to come up because all of us are coming up and we can have different results. Same situation, almost identical situation where it hit us directly in the head and it, you know, we dealt with it for four days. This time we just sidestepped it, let it go by, did this, that, calm, and took us 30 minutes and we're past it. Same thing. Thing that got us all upset. We thought, oh no, we stayed up all night trying to get it done and then realized it didn't have to be done. You know, this time we're like, it, it's going to be okay. That's not necessary. Now, not say, sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's not. Nope, that's not necessary. Going to bed. Get up, ready, refresh, look at your email. See, told you. <laughs> it's not necessary. Somebody said, oh, it's delayed. Didn't have to do all that. Romans 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. That means don't act like the world. That's really easy to do to act like the world. All you got to do is get up, listen to what other people are doing, read what other people are saying, and do that same thing. The further you go, you realize everything that's being said and done, marketed, written about, it's all coming from a human. There is no person, no group that knows everything. And so it's somebody's opinion. You've got to filter all of it through the Word of God. Well, I read it here. Well, you know more than ever. That doesn't mean anything where you read anything. Well, somebody put it in writing or made a YouTube video about it, so it must be true, really. <laughs> we know that's not true. No, that doesn't, that doesn't have anything to do with what we should be putting in. You can be conformed to the world just by listening and doing what people are saying. Doesn't, just because you have a lot of people on a bandwagon with something has no bearing on whether it's true or not. Or effective. They could all be wrong. And all going to have the same consequences. It says, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by what? Same thing we're talking about. By the renewing of your mind. What does transform mean? It means changed. By the renewing of your mind. There could be spiritual realities. There could be God's plan for you. It could be everything that His Word says, but it all goes through how you're going to perceive things. And if you don't perceive it the way God perceives it and the way the Word perceives it, we're not going to have the results. So how are we going to change that? We've got to transform. We've got to change our mind, and that's going to transform what we experience. It's your spirit. There's spiritual truths, but they all go through your mind. And if your mind is clamped down or aligned with something else, doesn't matter what you have. You don't think it. You don't believe it. I don't think it. I believe it. We don't line up with the Word of God, so we don't experience it. We experience something else when, in, when the reality is, had we tweaked something, we could have been experiencing something different in line with God's Word. Now, this is true regardless of what the, the information is that you're putting in to replace but we want the, the truth, we want God's Word, so we know there is no gap, there is no 
you know, fault in it, it is going to hold up. And that is a solid foundation that we can go forward on. When we're, when we're having a situation, we could filter it through the Word of God, through what the Spirit of God's saying that bears witness with the Word of God, and now we can move forward. And we know that we'll, if it's based on the Word of God, then it's going to be correct. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. By the renewing of your mind. Seeing, understanding, perceiving, it's not the actual facts, it's what we perceive about the situation and about the quote-unquote fact. Something could be absolutely factual in front of you. It is, you know, it's what the accountant says. It's what the doctor says. It is fact, but that fact has to be subject to what God said. And if we understand what God said, now that fact we know is not the final say. It is not the final authority. We see things different. God's word is truth. Look, put up real quick. The, uh, John 17, 17, when we, when we talked about truth a few weeks ago, just in that one-off, we, um, we mentioned some of these things, but in this context, they bear repeating. Sanctify them, Jesus said this, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word is true. And that is the truth where we need to renew to. That's the standard that we're putting in. Not somebody's opinion of that standard. Be careful about just putting somebody's opinion about the Word. It, the Word is going to comment on the Word. That's why we look at Scriptures. You, you, you determine what the Word says by the Word. You rightly divide the Word. Not somebody takes a, a verse and then just goes off and says everything about that verse. you got to prove it by what the Word actually says. Because... If it doesn't really say that, we're just fooling ourselves. All it is is somebody's opinion with a scripture at the beginning. At the end of the day, we'll end up in the same position or a similar position as somebody that's just pulling something out of there anyway. Because at the end of the day, it's not true. It's not real. So if we start believing, well, that's what the word said, but it's, it's twisted. And set, the de devil himself twists scripture. He'll quote scripture. Doesn't matter if you believe what a scripture, something that you think a scripture says when it doesn't actually believe that. That's where a lot of the church world is. Scriptures that don't actually mean what, what, what people think they mean, and but they, they build their belief system on well, you're still going to get a wrong result. It just has scripture tied around it. We want the truth. We want to see, we want the actual mind of Christ. We, it's not that we're going to see completely as knowledge that God has completely. Obviously, we, we, we're going to increase over time, know what He knows, but, but He's given us His Word. So we're not in the dark. We have the Word to, to, to see and to relate to and to put into, to, to, to determine what is true and to determine how to see situations. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the, he was in the beginning with God. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is God. We're calling Him the Word. 
All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. If you skip down to verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word became flesh. So that's talking about Jesus. But the Word is Jesus, is Christ, and we have the mind of Christ. So the Word is what we want to determine how we see. That is, Jesus is the Word, the Word is Jesus. And so how we're going to see is going to be based on God's holy written Word. The Spirit of God is always going to give us direction based on the Word and in line with the Word. And it will always lead us in the right direction. We want to see more and more the way God would see a situation and act the way Jesus would act. Look quickly at John 6, 38. John 6, 38. It says, For I have come down from heaven, this is Jesus speaking, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all of all He has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son believes in Him, and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and, and I will raise Him up in the last day. Go back to verse 38. It says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. Jesus was not doing His own thing. He was in line with what God, the Father, His Father said, I do the will of Him who sent me. Jesus went about seeing clearly. Everything He did was with the right perspective. Now, He was 100% God, 100% man, but He acted on earth as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. He, he ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, but He went about what... How did Jesus determine what to do and what not to do? Because He was thronged with people all the time asking Him to do stuff, and He did not oblige in every situation. How did he determine what to do and not to do? Well, he was led by the Spirit of God. He always saw the right way. He only lived 33 years. And he said, I'm, I'm here to do the will of the Father. Well, there's so much in front of him. What does he do? What does he not do? I'm not going to take time to, to look through things. Maybe, maybe we will at a different time. But, you know, there's situations where people came to him and asked him to go with them, and he didn't do it. Other times he went with them. Well, isn't Jesus just fair? Shouldn't he do the same thing? How would he do? He, he, he couldn't possibly do everything for everybody. How is he going to see right? See, how, if he's acting based on just some natural thinking, then he can be 
again, wasting time. He's only got a short period of time. He knows that. He's got to see correctly in order to get stuff done. But he can't. Jesus wasn't worn out all the time. Jesus wasn't running around just doing everything. He was doing what the will of the Father was. So he needed to see correctly. And when he got done, he had, he had done what he came to earth to do. But there's so many things where he would say, well, he didn't go with everybody. He didn't do every single thing. There was times he got away. How did he know when to get away and when to go with somebody? He wasn't going all the time, just wearing himself. He had to get away for rest. There is times, you know, like we read last week, situation where they didn't have food. The disciples came to him and said, we don't have food. And all these thousands of people are here. What are we going to do? We need to go buy food. And he said, you give them something to eat. See, most people would look at that and go, well, we got to do something. What are you gonna... So you're going to start acting on it. You're going to do what? Get the money together. You're going to start going to somewhere to buy food. You're going to start acting on that. You're going to spend all this money. You're going to spend all this time. You're going to try to get everybody together. And at the end of the time, it was never necessary. Actually, Jesus knew there was a different way. He said, you give him something to eat. He goes, what do you have? Well, we got, you know, five loaves of bread and two fish. And he sit the people down. And he fed the 5,000, fed the 4,000. He cut through all the noise and did what was necessary. He looked at the situation differently. But he did the will of the Father. So look at all the effort that could have gone into doing something that was never necessary. But see, he was led and he perceived right. If you, if you looked at the situation and said, there's no way this can happen, the thinking stops you from the next step. So you think the only way to get this done is to go get the food. Now you're thinking about the money. Now you're thinking about the time. You're thinking, how can we get... Because your thinking is, this other is not possible. But God, Jesus knew, i got to do the will of the Father. He knew what needed to happen. He knew that it was possible with God, His Father. He knew what He was sent to do. And He just sliced through all this activity, all the stress, all the noise, and just did what needed to happen. Like that. That's not something that... It's just supposed to be something never we could attain to. He's our example. We're supposed to have, the Bible said we read earlier, arm yourself with this same mind. How is Jesus thinking? How would he come here? What, how are we going to know what he was thinking? Well, he's the word and we have the word. As we know more about the word, we're going to come up against situations instead of going, oh, what? And go, we got to do, but, but, stop. What does the word say? What is the Spirit of God actually telling us to do? Is He telling you, go run, get, you know, arm, send out the email, call 50 people, we got, we got to, we got to know, uh, or is it a fire drill? Because that's what it would have been. I don't have the, you know, we read it last, but this, you know, you know the story, we're not going to take time to, to turn there. Jesus feeding the 5,000, there's another one, Jesus feeding the 4,000, they didn't have the food, but yet, miraculously, all that food was multiplied. Now, it would have been a fire drill for them to try to figure it out when all the time it was right there. 
That's how Jesus lived. He did the thing that needed to be done. He didn't get upset, ever. He didn't do everything everybody wanted him to do. He looked at situations correctly. And so like we're saying in this, people could have freaked out about it, but is that what was needed? And when we come up against a situation, we need to go, what, okay, what actually needs to happen here? God, and sometimes it is the hardest thing to get quiet. And it seems counterproductive. What? You're going to get quiet and go do something else? We need action. We got to have this done. Come on, we got to move. And for you to step back and go, I need a minute or two or three. I'm going to step away and get quiet and determine what actually needs to happen here. And if you came into the day, you've already been quiet, and when something comes up, you're like, all this noise is happening. You say, this person's saying this, this person's saying that, this person's saying, oh, we got it, we got it, we got it. And you can succumb to the pressure. Pressure can be real. You, like, you feel like you have to work, you have to act. And if you act on the wrong thing, now you've just compounded the problem. What if it's not to do any of the above? I hear you, yep. Yeah, you're right. It's true. Oh, yeah. Really? Wow, didn't know it was that bad. Oh, okay. This is what we're going to do. And you cut through all of it. People could be looking at you like, what? But isn't that what Jesus did? It doesn't have to be on a grand scale. It is, you're, you're just going through your day. What needs to happen? What doesn't need to happen? How, you gonna, you, how are we reacting to things is based on what's going through our mind and what we let go there. And as we start renewing our mind to the mind of Christ, we start to look at situations different. More and more, we're all coming up. We start to say, okay, Lord, what, what should we do here? And take steps based on that. React based on that. Have peace and joy more based on that and walk more effectively based on his thinking and his acting. And just sidestep a lot of the fire drills and a lot of the nonsense that the world's going through all the time. Yeah. Amen?